new campuses. It is called the Three Journeys, as you can see on our banner back here. Isn't that lovely? Um, and this part of the journey, it's a, we're doing a series within a series within a series. <laughs> so right now we're covering things God hates. Um, that is in the middle of the, what is it? The upper journey series, which is the middle, you know, the upward arrow. <laughs> and that's in the context of the whole year-long series. So um, this verse in 2 Corinthians says, We all, with unveiled face... Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed to the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is a spirit. So we all with unveil, unveiled face are being transformed into the image of God as we interact with God. Um, and so for this mini-series, uh, we get our verse from Psalm, or, oops, I wrote Psalm, it's Proverbs. Ugh. Proverbs 6. <laughs> Uh, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, uh, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Discord meaning strife, or confusion, or division, or angst, you know, bad things. So these are all things that God hates, and even though he is a loving God, he hates things, and he hates things that are damaging to us, damaging to other people. He hates things that, that don't represent his goodness very well. So we're covering that this, uh, what is it, month? Is it a month-long series? Um, yeah, and today we're covering a lying tongue. Anthony was going to have a wonderful sermon prepared for you. <laughs> I saw some of the notes. It was going to be fantastic, but instead you get me today. So... <laughs> All right. If you want to know why we're <laughs> Yes. What is a lying tongue? Um, lying is the intentional misrepresentation of the truth with the motive of hiding from God. I just jumped right into a definition. That's a pretty good one. I came up with that myself on Thursday. <laughs> um, or more simply, it's the voice of a hiding heart. So someone who is... Hiding from God, hiding their motives, um, hiding their personality and their decisions from God is going to lie to cover themselves up. So lying is the voice of a hiding heart. Um, a lying tongue can hide behind missing information or misinformation when you leave stuff out to cover yourself or when you twist some, uh, some facts, quote unquote, to cover yourself. You see that a lot on articles on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> knowledge, theology, or plain old facts. I used to be someone who really puffed myself up with a knowledge, quote-unquote. Knowledge, theology, I was really brainiac, but I, I used that as a defense mechanism. And I said, well, I know this, even though I didn't really know it was true. I made up a lot of stuff just to look good. Uh, flattery is a type of lie when you are... Um, uh, mm, what do you call it? Sucking up to someone? <laughs> when you're coming up with things, maybe fake things, to try to get someone on your good side, um, make yourself look really good, make yourself look like someone who's personable and, you know, friendly, good. Uh, slander and fault finding, when you trash talk other people, your friends, when you talk poorly of them, when you speak dishonorably of them behind their back, or maybe right in front of them. Um, finding fault and accusation is a way of me using my tongue, using the lying tongue, um, to cover myself and hide behind someone else's faults. You know, um, look over here. This is more. This is worse than 
than me. You know? uh, good deeds with bad motives can be a type of lying. So an action can be a lie. You can actually lie through something that you're doing. We're going to look at an example of that later on today. Uh, empty promises are a lie. When you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, that's a lie. Ugh, this one gets me all the time. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and then finally, self-justification and self-righteousness. So when I come up with reasons for why what I do is okay, even if it's not okay, that is lying. That's a lying tongue. And that's me trying to cover myself up, hiding from God so that I can, you know, slip under the radar and do my own thing. Yep. So, so why does God hate it? Ugh, it might seem kind of obvious, but I made a whole slide about it. So let's talk about it. Oh, let's look at an example. I love having a PowerPoint because it just, it just keeps me on track. It's great. It's great. Example number one, Mudman and Diva. No. Dirt Clod and Rib Meat. Oh, my gosh. Beauty on the Beach. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is who we're talking about. Famous story. You all know the story of a Dirt Clod and Rib Meat. Maybe you don't. I can't. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Diane, you're it was, um, I think, 2 o'clock in the morning when I was writing all this. So, there's going to be a bit of that. So, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3, the story of Adam and Eve. If you've been in church for a long time, you probably have heard this story. Um, if, you, if you know Christians or you know people who have been in church for a long time, you've probably heard it from them. Um, right in the beginning, right after God made everything, this is the fall of humanity. This is Genesis chapter 3. And I don't know the verses because I'm a bad person. So when the woman, this is Eve, saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Hold on. See how she justified her actions? Ooh. Um, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he didn't do anything. And he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Um, and then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Uh, but the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So he came to a conclusion based on what he saw, and that caused him to isolate himself from God. He was covering himself up because he knew better than God. I'm naked, therefore I have to hide. Um, the man said, the woman whom you gave me, God, to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. The woman also said, uh, when God asked her, well, the serpent deceived me, and so I ate. And so he, you see how they're, they're um, casting blame. They're getting attention over here. They're, they're trying to cover themselves up by someone else's faults. They're saying, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't even want to do it. The woman that you gave me, God, hear how he's accusing God of his own sin? That's a lie. That is a lying tongue. He's misrepresenting his own intentions, his wife's intentions, and God's intentions just so that he doesn't get in trouble. That's lying. That's gross. <laughs> so God hates lying because, one, it flows from pride. Remember, it's the voice of a hiding heart. And a hiding heart typically says, my version is the most true version. 
Again, you see that one on Facebook a lot. <laughs> That's right. Um, it flows from fear. It isolates us. It, it keeps us from a genuine connection. Um, when you lie, typically it's because you're ashamed of something that's going on deep in your heart. And again, you're trying to cover yourself. And you're not actually trusting God or you're not trusting people. And so you hide behind a lie. It flows from fear. Uh, and it flows from self-centeredness. So selfishness. Similar to pride, except this one is all about me covering my own. At the bank, we call it covering your assets. <laughs> making sure that you don't get in trouble. Making sure that you're the one, or making sure I'm the one who is okay. I'm, I'm thinking about myself first. I'm number one. Because my experience is more important than the truth. That's kind of what self-centeredness says. And ultimately... Um, lying is a self-justified rejection of God's goodness. So Adam and Eve both made the decision. They said, God, we don't need um, your way. We don't, we don't need to trust what you said about the tree. We don't need to trust what you said. We decided that it's okay for us to eat the fruit. And so we didn't need you to make that decision anymore, God, because I made it. And that's very proud. God doesn't like that. Um, and a God, remember God, he loves, our God loves relationship. Maybe you've never heard that before. He's so relational. He loves getting to know us. He loves interacting with us. He loves the, the kind of one-on-one. Um, so this really breaks God's heart when we, when we reject him, when we say, no, God, I'm more important than you, you know. I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing over here. Those fig leaves break his heart. Oop. So Adam and Eve... <laughs> <laughs> arrogantly decided that their bodies were shameful, ugly, not to be seen. When God created them, he said, you guys are beautiful. It is good. You were made in the image of God. But Adam and Eve, when they looked at themselves, they said, ugly. Ugh. No. So the conclusion they came to was different from the one that God came to when he looked at them. So they lied. Um, they fearfully hid behind fig leaves in the woods. They cover themselves up literally to hide from God. And they selfishly, there it is, that phrase, covered their assets by blaming each other instead of taking ownership. Uh, and finally, they rejected God by misrepresenting the truth of what happened. A.K.A. they lied. Example number two. Wow. Nope. Uh, and the Lord said to him, <laughs> Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. He says, now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who made the outside also make the inside? Uh, but give as alms or give as an offering those things that are within and behold, everything is clean for you. Uh, but woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. In another place, Jesus, talking to the Pharisees, uh, says, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of God, or sorry, the commandments of men. <laughs> so they're coming up with rules and regulations, and they're actually telling people, hey, 
these are the rules that God has. These are the regulations. If you want to be close to God, if you want to be righteous, you have to do all these things. And Jesus says to these people, hey, your works are not going to do it. You're honoring me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You're still hiding, guys. So the Pharisees arrogantly spread misinformation about God's word and his character. They made up rules. They actually added rules and regulations to the canon of God's law. So they misrepresented who God was. They lied to people about God. Um, And they fearfully suppressed and opposed the truth. Every time Jesus taught, there was a Pharisee nearby trying to figure out how to shut him up. And they couldn't handle the truth because they were afraid of man. Um, They were afraid of being found out. They were afraid of losing their position. So they covered themselves by oppressing the truth. And actually, they ended up killing Jesus because what he said was true. Um, They selfishly elevated themselves above sinners. Uh, They would actually go into the synagogue and they would get the best seats, the closest seats, the most comfortable seats. Um, They would leverage their position over other people, especially sinners, to get what they wanted. Not pretty. Um, uh, And they rejected God's desire for mercy and compassion towards those who need help. So Jesus saw sinners as people who just need help. Um, At at one point, the Pharisees questioned him, and, and Jesus says, hey, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. And so if the Pharisees had had the same mind, the same heart as Jesus, they would have connected, they would have reached out, they would have given um, provision, they would have covered people, they would have helped people obey the rules, you know? Like instead of (laughs) punishing them, you could say, hey, here's some practical ways to do that. Um, But instead they rejected God's desire, they rejected his heart, they didn't want it, they said, no, we're going to do it our way, and uh, that's going to be okay. And so they misrepresented God, I think I made that point. Pretty well. AKA, they lied. Ooh, example number three Ananias and Sapphira. This one's got pictures. <laughs> is, is this what they. No, I, I don't think this is what they look like. That's it. That's <laughs> they probably look really weird. No. Yeah. Look at this. They were probably normal people. Ananias and Sapphira were in the church in the New Testament. The church is blowing up. Thousands of people, literally thousands of people are coming to the Lord, coming to Christ. And so these people, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, were probably very prominent in the community. They were probably very normal people. Um, the, the, the way the story became so widespread, um, I'm assuming that you know they were pretty high up. They were well-known by the churches. So they became an example, and we're going to read about it here. Um, Ananias, a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is when they were generously um, kind of, what would you call it, pooling their resources to make sure everybody was provided for. So people are bringing money, they're bringing provision, they're bringing clothes, they're bringing stuff to the apostles so that way they can um, get it to the people in need, which is great. But Ananias and Sapphira, instead of, if they sold a field for $150, they only brought $100. And they said, hey, apostles, we got $100 for this field. 
That's how much it was worth while they're hiding, hoarding $50. I don't know what the real numbers were, but you know, that's, that's the concept. <laughs> but Peter said, he was not fooled by this, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? See how they lied in their actions? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. So while they were trying to cover themselves, they actually ended up lying to God, not to people. God took it personally. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in. I don't know why that's in there. Why? I don't know. Just something I think about. Why three hours? Why is it in there? What, happened, what would have happened if it was two hours later? <laughs> uh, Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. So hey, Sapphira, he's giving her a chance to come clean. Did you know that your husband was hiding money or not? Uh, she said, yeah, 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 for so much. It was only a hundred bucks. That's, that's all, all it was worth. <laughs> and Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Why are you both trying to lie to God? And he said, behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. So they became an example. The story of this went viral. Everybody found out about this. <laughs> and then later on it says, the fear of God came upon everybody. And everybody was like, oh man, we've got to be serious about this, guys. <laughs> so Ananias and Sapphira arrogantly tried to hide money from God. They fearfully put on a fig leaf of generosity. They were pretending to be generous. Um, they selfishly kept money, which technically belonged to them anyway. There was no reason for them to make it up. They could have just said, hey, it was worth this much, but we're only going to give you this much. Because that's what we feel like we can give. That would have been okay. But they lied. For no reason. Um, they rejected God's desire to bless the church. They were actually saying no to God's way of giving and providing for his people. Um, and they misrepresented themselves and their own intentions. They misrepresented God because God is not, he doesn't really count the way that we count things. Um, if that makes sense. He wasn't so worried, he wasn't as worried about the numbers as he was about the heart. So when they got stuck on the numbers, they actually misrepresented God. And again, if they were very well known and if this was the example they were going to set, that would not be okay. If I was God, I don't think I'd be okay with that. Um, and they misrepresented the reputation of the church. So if word had gotten around that, hey, it's, we, can, we, we don't have to give everything. We, we can just give a part of part of stuff and God will be okay. Like, that would be bad. The, the church no longer would be generous. It wouldn't be very effective in reaching people because everybody could be lazy. Everybody could be selfish. So God said no. Uh-uh. They lied about who God was. So, so far, summarizing, lying, again, is the voice of a hiding heart. These people intentionally misrepresented the truth in order to hide from God, in order to cover themselves, protect their own hearts and their own situations, their own status, whatever. Now what? Okay. <laughs> now we're going to get to the solution. So maybe something stuck out to you. Maybe God has convicted an area of your heart. Maybe you feel like, oh man... I promised my uh, friend that I would do something the other day, and I didn't do it. That was me for weeks. I was supposed to draw something on the back. 
<laughs> the chalkboard a while ago, and I did not do it for like months, and I felt bad about it because I lied. That was a lie. So God's solution. <laughs> um, this is a conversation that Jesus has with, uh, I think it's a rich guy. One of the scribes came up and asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, he's quoting the Old Testament, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Um, and we're going to come back to our, our kind of beginning series verse. We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Uh, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as we come and we present ourselves to God truly, genuinely, He promises to change us. Um, I learned a few weeks ago, I... I was sort of examining my life, examining my heart, and I said, God, there are a lot of pieces here. There's a lot of broken, a lot of brokenness in my own heart. And um, if you've heard my testimony, you may know that there is quite a bit of residue. There's a lot of mess <laughs> to clean up. And so I'm kind of lamenting this, and I felt like God uh, say, Justin, you can give me all those pieces. You don't have to be ashamed of any of those things, because I see all of them. And I want to do something beautiful with those things. Oops, oh, that's not the slide I thought it was. <laughs> Don't be like these things in Baby Maker. Yeah, give him all the pieces of your life. <laughs> be honest, just tell him what's on your mind. Tell him what's really going on. Um, in the past, I have personally, again, you know, I said I, I used to puff myself up with knowledge and theology, and I knew all the right things, and I was really good at twisting the Bible to suit my own lifestyle and my own needs. It was really not healthy, very bad. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so God wants us to present ourselves to Him in prayer, um, in relationships with other people, boldly, confidently. Um, he wants us to be genuine, and He wants us to be without pride, Without shame. We don't have to be arrogant. We don't have to puff ourselves up. We can just come as we are. If we have made a mess, it is okay to say, hey, I made a mess and I need some help. Um, and you don't have to be ashamed of it either. If, if you uh, made a mess and you said, oh, I don't want to cover, I don't want, to, I don't want anyone to find out. Um, you can come without shame. Let him transform the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you behave. And listen. Um, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can put away arrogance. Okay, we can humbly just receive the gift of life that Jesus purchased for us. Um, we can put away fear. There is no condemnation for us who believe in Christ Jesus. Um, we can put away selfishness because he generously provides everything we need for life and for godliness. So we don't have to worry about, number one, um, I don't have to worry about covering myself because God is going to do that for me. Um, I was praying in worship a few minutes, you know, a few minutes ago. I felt like God said, uh, relating to fear, specifically fear and shame, God said, hey, I'm not ashamed of you. Jesus is not ashamed of you. You don't embarrass him. Um, he's not cringing at the stuff that you're doing. 
Um, he's not trying to get you in the corner and out of the way so that nobody sees you. <laughs> God says you are the light of the world. And everything, all of your shame, all of your sin was nailed to the cross. And it is no longer a hindrance. It's no longer an embarrassment to you. It is no longer on your record. It doesn't count against you. So if he's not ashamed of me, I don't have to be ashamed of me. You know? So, in summary, God hates lying and misrepresentation because it's the voice of a hiding heart. He wants us to come boldly, genuinely before him. Um, lying flows from pride, fear, and selfishness. All of those are things that, that sever our relationship with God. They really get in the way um, of being loved. Um, he hates it because it is a rejection of God's goodness. It's when we say, no, God... I don't need you. I'm just going to cover myself over here. Um, and that, that, that's heartbreaking. That hurts, especially for someone who's relational. And God wants us to trust him with our whole heart, all the pieces, all the gross pieces, all the good pieces, everything that's going on in your life. That's what he wants access to. And he will transform us when we present ourselves with humility and honesty. So we don't have to stay broken. We don't have to stay ashamed. We don't have to stay in a bunch of pieces. He can actually put us all back together again if we give him everything. And that is the hope of the gospel, in my opinion. Let's pray. That's all I got for you guys. Uh, Father God, I thank you so much for the way that you sent Jesus to pay for our sins. And thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you were willing to give up the most precious uh, being, the most precious person in the entire universe. You were willing to give up Jesus so that we could live, so that we could come to you boldly, so that we could stop being ashamed of ourselves and ashamed of each other. You paid the price for us to have eternal life, eternal joy, eternal freedom, and access to your unending love. We thank you, Father, for transforming our hearts as we stand before you with an unveiled face. In Jesus' name, amen.